You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news this evening, but as you can tell, I am back on the show. Mm. Uh, it was a leave of absence that I wish could have lasted longer, <laughs> and I'm sure the listener agrees. But uh, I'm back here tonight, and I want to thank, first of all, right off the top here, while the music's still going, thank you to Richard and Brian for holding down the fort last week. Yeah, man. It was uh, fun. A little a time. A little peeved that you decided to talk about my favorite subject for 40 minutes without me, <laughs> which is late night television, yeah. which I've been trying to do on the show for the past year, just never really carved out the uh, the episode. But in my absence, there it happened. So I hope you enjoyed it. And if you wanted my input, too bad, because <laughs> can't do it again this week. But anyway, uh, we're back to movie talk this week. And uh, a lot... To kind of talk about, we're we're towards the end of the Oscar push, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everything that has come out, or that is coming out for this year, has come out. Yeah, uh, the founder. Yeah, the founder is the last. The founder thing. is this yeah. weekend, but I, I believe it is out in limited release right now. And let's not forget, it's not this Oscar campaign, but next Oscar campaign is already ramping up its advertising. And announcements, and so today, breaking news today it was it was uh, actually leaked by an unknown source that Sir Patrick Stewart will be voicing the poop emoji in the emoji. <laughs> so we need to, can we stop oh. down the show for for forty minutes? Just put movie news, that. rumors, rumblings, talk on hold for Patrick Stewart playing the poop emoji. Well, look, emoji when you, when you're putting out a movie in the same year as both an Underworld movie and a Resident Evil movie, you've really got to bring your A-game if you want to win that Oscar, you know? I mean, you can't just, you can't slack off. You can't just phone it in. You, If you want to win that that Best Picture award, just sweep the awards, you've got to get Patrick Stewart to play the poop, I feel like. you gotta, you got to stretch yourself as an actor and kind <laughs> yeah. of do what the opposite of you. And the opposite of poop is Patrick Stewart. So <laughs> true. He's it's pretty true. much the perfect person. So he's an um, inaugural uh, European treasure. Should we ever do that? Which we won't because we won that war. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We won the right to not make them treasures mm-hmm. except for, except for Dirk in a few years. Just wait for that. Okay. The first comment on the official announcement <laughs> on, uh, that Sony pictures put out there, they, they officially announced, uh, so excited to announce the distinguished Patrick Stewart as poop. <laughs> <laughs> that's the actual oh, announcement mm. and the first comment is from shakespeare to playing an emoji of excrement <laughs> nice oh, <man. laughs> so i think we've talked about the fact that emojis is, is actually happening as a movie and we can move on from mm-hmm. that as a society already and we're not even <laughs> close to its release so my kid's pretty excited i don't know we'll see maybe i can talk I, you guys into an episode <laughs> you told your if your kid knows what emojis are already at age oh, three dude. four and yeah he loves emojis the problem loves emojis. I, I blame it all i blame mcdonald's uh mcdonald's had emoji toys earlier or i guess last year and that kind of introduced him to the entire world and now 
He's uh, not quite four, three and a half, something like that. And he will uh, occasionally he will when he sees me texting, he'll ask to send emojis. So I let him like type out a big string of emojis and send them to uh, usually my wife. Occasionally, you guys, if you ever get a huge string of emojis, just assume that it's that it's okay. Creepy, but you uh, haven't uh, had, a, in yeah. fact, had a stroke. OK, good to know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's always a possibility, given how much Red Bull yeah, you fell asleep on your phone again. Or <laughs> yeah. Texting, yeah. which often happens to yeah. us and. There's sure. some stuff we need to talk about, Brian. It, if the there air. are a lot of poop emojis in it, it's probably Cooper because he thinks that one's pretty funny. So, uh, we all do. No, I mean, come on, it's poop. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's I'll just that's egg, I'll eggplant it oh. back so fast. <laughs> you don't know what hit him. I like that was the most pressing issue of the day. It was mm-hmm. poop. Yeah. Finally, yeah. has a, an actor behind it. <laughs> Something keeps me awake at night. I don't know about you guys. But. <laughs> So that's cool. Um, not a lot happening other than Oscar buzz in mm-hmm. the movie news rumors rumblings world. Uh, a couple remakes are down the pipe, and officially they announced, or StarWars.com announced the Woody Harrelson rumor. Yes, they made that official, and we brought it to you here first because we get all the news first for that mm-hmm. because we're the official podcast of Star Wars according to a plaque. On my desk, <laughs> and uh, it's yeah. engraved. By the way, engraved. Uh, we mentioned that with Kathleen Kennedy, she let us know. So yeah. it, was, it was good. I appreciate that. We should also mention that Kent's dad runs Garrison's trophies <laughs> and plaques here in the beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's a distinguished industry. Yeah, I mean, if you can get into it, and there's really only four companies that that head it up, but Garrison is easily number five. Fun <laughs> fact: they also uh, sew in the American flag inside of our denim vests mm-hmm. for American treasures. So they're. Branching out. Good company. Good company. Awesome. So that, uh, that's happening. Um, the Woody Harrelson to the Han Solo movie is official. So that's cool. He's playing so, two parts. Super New thing he does. <laughs> he demands. Yeah. yeah. We actually have a couple comments relating to Harrelson. In the fact that there's a White Men Can't Jump reboot remake in the works. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, fine. I mean, yeah. This is this seems to be the requirement, guys. And correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Was it a movie before? Yep. Okay, we'll do it. Like it does not matter about the fan base or built-in audience or name recognition. It's like, was it a movie? It was. We can do that. Just redo the script, you know, and and throw it out there. That's that's fine. I mean, here's my question though. It's been almost. Oliver's years. mad about this movie, by the way. Since the last one, how's there not been a Rush Hour reboot already that's come out with? Well, they did on TV. Happening? They did it. Yeah, they did it on TV. They did it on TV. But I'm talking about a movie. I mean, it's been four years. I mean, the the window (laughs) window of opportunity is is clearly passed on (laughs) Rush Hour's relevancy. You're gonna need to reboot it pretty fast if you're you're the studio. But. Well, the the Rat Man's just waiting for the right project. You know, he's trying to get the right idea for that script. (laughs) Got to be perfect. The rat man is, um, is, he's a strategic thinker. Like we're all playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did the rush hour TV show do well at all? Nope. No, no. Nope. Canceled very quickly. It offended a lot of people and then went away. Uh huh. Shocker. And then they did a lethal weapon on Fox and it's done. All right. Yeah. And the, there's a training day TV show yep. coming out. Is lethal weapon still on there? Yeah. I think it lethal is. weapon does pretty well. Uh, yeah. Pretty solid. In terms of ratings. I don't know. If it's oh, well, that's the Wayans one. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah. 
But uh, training day, training day, and rush hour were both CBS shows. So I feel like that's yeah. part of the problem is you're trying to have an edgy cop show twenty years after it was edgy, and it's on CBS. <laughs> so maybe, maybe just there's stay only away so from many that. Who no. songs you can you can use for rush hour too. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we won't get MacGyver's still on the air, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's doing well somehow. I don't because it's know. awesome. You guys did not understand MacGyver. Right at the beginning. It's supposed to be bad. That's what's awesome about it. <laughs> Actual visual suicide. Yeah. That's why it is awesome. Because it's oh. so bad. It's so bad it's good. How dare they think that, that that show can exist in a world that already includes MacGruber. I just I exactly. can't, can't abide by that. It's like they're trying to do MacGruber and it's not even MacGruber. So it's worse than that, which makes it hilariously funny. Not one celery trick in the entire pilot. Not one. Well, he, they tried. They filmed it, but they had to cut it because he tried to go skinny in and for mm, counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive, but, but if you, you do, you're gonna want to go stock in. Yeah, because it just opposite. slides right out. Slides if you do right it. in. Yeah. Awesome. So Gareth Edwards has spilled some beans regarding Star Wars, and he says that Lucasfilm's doing a 4K version of A New Hope that's gonna come out pretty soon. Mm. So another thing for Brian and I to run out and get. <laughs> opening weekend thanks thanks that, guys. Uh, Appreciate they it, release yeah. but that yeah. could be cool maybe yeah, hopefully give original, me the original version yeah version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah theatrical version if you will mm-hmm. uh yeah. that, that that would be preferred yeah the opposite of that happening is rare though i guess i i i'm willing I to know. bet that when Lu- lucas sold off lucasfilm that he kept all the master prints of those movies <laughs> the only versions that lucasfilm has are the special editions you know yeah, so sorry they, they don't those don't exist because they're not what happened they don't exist he he always used to say he's he's made up like seven different excuses for why they couldn't release the theatrical version of a new hope well the negative doesn't exist anymore it was destroyed no it was not <laughs> i'm 99% sure that somewhere there is a 35 millimeter print of a new hope somewhere. Um, I know in the library of Congress there is right. So yeah. there's one. And so you had to make the transfer to do the special edition. You had to transfer the original and then make the edition from that. So what'd you do with the original? There's that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but that's not what happened. So there were, there, there were more creatures on uh, Tatooine. You didn't see him. That's not what happened. Uh, so that, I guess, is a rumor rumbling at this point. 4K restoration of A New Hope uh, down the pipe. Brian, did you ever get the 3D version of The Force Awakens? No, I don't have a 3D Blu-ray player. Uh, so I, I avoided it despite kind of wanting it just for... There's a, isn't there a commentary that's different? Yeah, there's an Abrams. Kind of Abrams. I, I really want to hear that. Um, I don't know. Probably at some point I'll make it happen, but it hasn't been a huge priority, I guess. I'm wondering, and listener, feel free to email us if you've heard the Abrams commentary. I'm wondering if it's worth it, because I really enjoy director's commentaries for the most part. I really like J.J. Abrams' one he did for Star Trek, because he Mm. goes into a lot of what he was thinking about rebooting Star Trek and stuff. It's very interesting. But Even the commentary has lens flares, though, which is weird. I don't (laughs) know how he did that. It's actually like a sound effect this time. It sounds like a lens flare, though, so it's pretty accurate. Yeah, exactly. So, J.J. Abrams says he's done with reboots, remakes for a while. Not surprising, but um, I'm kind of wondering what he's going to do next. I bet it's going to be something super obscure or 
something on TV or something like that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. think it would be anything big blockbustery next time. Yeah, around. surely he's got some little script that he's been kind of working on in the background that he can that he can make for for twenty or forty or fifty million dollars and just have a little hit on his hands. That'd be cool. I love to see him do original stuff here and there. I totally get why you'd want to take a break, but I assume that at some point some huge franchise is going to come a calling and he's he'll he'll answer the call at some point i haven't gotten your thoughts brian i think this happened on the week that uh that you were gone and we had producer steven on the show mm-hmm. we were going to talk about the blade runner sequel oh yeah that uh came out the trailer came out for blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. uh have you seen this the trailer and what are your thoughts on a Blade Runner coming out again or being rebooted or a sequel mm-hmm. and B what what did, did the trailer live up to your your thoughts I think that trailer is incredible I love the cast obviously as the apparently the biggest Gosling fan in the world um Dennis Villeneuve Villeneuve is an incredible director so like all these things are great I still have an issue with the concept as a whole because I mean, if you've never seen the original Blade Runner, I guess you can skip ahead for 15 seconds, but it's spoiler alert for a 35-year-old movie. It's left unclear. It's ambiguous as to whether Harrison Ford is an is a replicant or not. And if you have a movie set whatever 40 years later, that answers the question because in the trailer he's old. So, like that's it, it is just kind of it it, it puts a weird note on the end of what is a one of the i don't know four or five greatest sci-fi movies of all time like it just adds this little footnote that i don't need or want and kind of takes away from the mystery of that of that movie i guess and i'm sure they can play it off like they can they can if they want to make it that way they could act like he's been updated or upgraded or something like that i mean it's fine it's it is what it is They'll find a way around it. I'm excited about the movie just because it looks like it's in the right hands and it's going to be exciting. But it does, in some ways, cheapen the legacy of the original, which is an extreme legacy. Like it's that's a Mount Rushmore sci-fi movie. So, yeah, it, I'm a little conflicted in some ways. It's hard to be conflicted when you see kind of the people at the helm. Mm-hmm. Denny of Arrival fame and Prisoners yeah. and Denny. What I say, Dennis. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Yeah, I, I think it's we've been saying Dennis. Everyone says it. I think it's Denny. We're trying to be respectful by getting it correct. I don't I don't know. I, I never. Yeah, met I either. think you're probably right. But yeah, but he uh, knows what he's doing. I think we found that out with every movie he's released so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prisoners, Enemy and Arrival being the most recent or most famous ones or examples. But Sci-fi and him seem to be a good pairing with Arrival. Uh, yeah. Definitely Sicario and some of his other films are, you know, exciting for their own reasons. But I think he, the way he went about sci-fi was refreshing. Uh, it wasn't. It yeah. definitely wasn't a typical sci-fi film. Arrival wasn't. Mm-hmm. So having said that, uh, definitely, like you said, Brian, an iconic movie to redo or reboot or have the blessing of Ridley Scott to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I would have thought Ridley Scott would have wanted to do this if, or not or nothing. You know what I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. no one does it. It's a little surprising given the fact that he yeah. would just relinquish the rights to Blade Runner 
well, I'm sure he's an executive producer and there's money involved, but for it not to say directed by Ridley Scott when credits roll is going to be mm-hmm. a little weird, maybe. I don't know. No, I, I guess I'm alone. No, no, I no, no, I agree with you. But he's got the... Uh, just just knowing Ridley Scott and how he is, you know? Yeah, he's but so I think possessive. he's so alien-obsessed right now that he probably... Yeah. It was a good time to come in, and he's, like, refound his love for Alien. Uh, so it was a good time to swoop and be like, you know what, you're right. That needs all your attention. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just... Uh, I'll do Blade Runner. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and he's got the counselor cinematic universe, too, <laughs> yeah. overseas. So, yeah. You know. He's got the Exodus the CCU. Got the yeah. yeah, he's got to tell the story of Abraham next, so in a really boring fashion somehow. Gosh, that was one of the worst movies. <laughs> the counselor was so bad. Counselors. I'm awful. talking about Exodus. Counselor Both of them are terrible. Gosh, the counselor. The counselor <laughs> still sticks with me. That was two, three years ago now, and it it like haunts my dreams at times. Cameron so, Diaz's accent good. was good though. So there's <laughs> they had a cheetah in El Paso. This I I don't know what to do with that. The only way to live, El Paso. <laughs> that was a little off-putting, to be honest. The whole, yeah, you think all that stuff. That yeah, whole let's car just do another sequence? hour on it. Yeah, just yeah. do another hour on Cameron Diaz and her abilities. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it counts as that, but um, so I never got to talk Golden Globes with y'all last week, and uh, so I guess the big kind of story was La La Land swept the Globes mm-hmm. and. Pretty much it. Damien yeah. <laughs> Chazelle I looks I like he's 12 and he's so much better he than He basically us. <laughs> is. He's yeah. barely older than me and has done way more with his life than I'll ever do. I don't know about that. Yeah. He's already made two of the best films that are have ever been made. <laughs> what have I done? Let's just say. Finish this fight, bro. Come on. Yeah. That was big. Like, dude. Was huge. Whoa, 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 the best I guess you campaigns. haven't listened to Whoa yeah. lately. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. There's um there or this think about this. Do you remember the live MacGruber podcast we did? You did that. I do. Pretty huge. We did it. Man. We did it live. That's probably it's up there with La La Land. You're right. Yeah. In terms <laughs> of don't be so hard. Critical acclaim and recognition. You have finished this fight, underdog alma mater, and the MacGruber live episode. So you're doing that's two more things than I have. Mm-hmm. One time I scored 30 points in a church league basketball game. So I feel that's pretty high up on my that's, list. No, that's think, higher. Yeah, that's probably. higher than well, that's <laughs> definitely higher. Sean McVay, by the way, head coach of the Rams, the new one, <laughs> yeah. 31. Same age as Damien Chazelle. <laughs> so uh, I'm about a year and a half away from being the head coach of the Cowboys. So I just want you guys to know it's going to be hey, a good we, run. Hey, will you spike on first down, though, or will you call timeout? I will call timeout. Oh, okay, cool. Um, there is. A lot of buzz still for La La Land, and I have my second viewing, and I shall say, it's great still. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it just hammered home what the, on the second time just how well-directed it is. Uh, yeah. I just paid attention to that more, just kind of how the camera moves and how he plays the actors. And the someone in the crowd scene where it's Emma Stone kind of getting ready for the to go out with her roommates... Uh, man, that might be the most well-directed sequence in the movie. I know it's only like the second or third scene, but mm-hmm. just the choreography involved. And then when Emma goes to get dressed and she comes back and like she's did she, they see her in the mirror and there's so much, there's so much going on in that one scene. It harkens back so many scenes before it that, I mean, it's a work of art, but that's just one of the few scenes. And, 
the second time, or actually the first time, I raved, of course, on the show about Emma Stone and how blown away I was by her. But man, second time, Gosling, like totally. Gos, man, he's so. He good. totally owns it. I. He might be better than than Emma in this, and and I was kind of like, yeah, he'll get a nomination, but don't know if he'll win. The second time, I think he'll win. I think he was that good in this. Casey Affleck brought like the complete opposite. Yeah. Kind of performance. But man, Gosling, this is the year of the Gos anyway. So just Denzel. Denzel yeah, that's too. That's true. That's true. I don't Denzel's know. Lurking. I think Den- this will be a Denzel. Like, like happy to have you. Love you. But I'm, I, I can see him just getting nominated for everything but winning nothing. I could see that yeah. too. You're totally right. I just mean those three are definitely. I think he has a decent chance though at winning either director or actor. I don't think he'll win both, but I think he mm-hmm. could sneak away with another Oscar. Which I mean, no one's more deserving in life than Denzel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he needs as many as we should just have a Denzel Award every year. <laughs> yeah, best Denzel. <laughs> Denzel. 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 Yeah. <laughs> hey, no one can argue that. <laughs> no one can argue that he's the best. Denzel Washington out there. So, yeah, so I, I would say at this moment in time, we're about, what, two weeks away from the announcement? Maybe a week away yeah, from the nominations announcement? I think it's next week, yeah. Could be wrong. So any Dark Horse movies that we think will squeeze into a Best Picture nomination? Mm. Um, Triple X is this year, right? That didn't do a yeah, early not eligible release? Yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Then no, no. Well, last no, year, I, look, I think I, was there a Hercules for... movies last year? <laughs> last year we were like, is it gonna? Is Mad Max gonna get? Not is is Finding or I mean, is uh, is Inside Out gonna get a nomination? You know, mm-hmm. is Ex Machina gonna be in the conversation? Yeah, you know, like this year, I would say is is a movie like everybody wants some, like a movie that Dang. was released back in March that was really great and that everybody kind of really liked. But it's just been too long. Like, yeah, that movie's been movies. forgotten. Yeah, it has been totally forgotten. But I feel yeah. like if that had come out in October, it would be in the conversation. I agree. For yeah. at least some, uh, for director and best picture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a by year. I think you've got. Mm, I think you got probably five locks, and then it'll just depend because you know they still do the weird nominating system: La La Land, Moonlight, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Hell or High Water, and I think Arrival is is pretty much a lock at this point. Are going to get Best Picture nods, and then it's and then there will be a random. Movie. It'll be like I've you know Lion will probably get one. Yeah, uh, it'll that, be a that's random a one. one. It'll be yeah. like Florence Foster Jenkins will get a nomination <laughs> for Best Picture. You know, yeah. just I think Hacksaw Ridge is, is built a pretty good platform for itself, so I think that'll be in. Fences has got a good Hacksaw uh, Ridge. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Is it? I, I probably would leave Hacksaw Ridge out of my top 10 if we did that today. I'm not totally sure. But, it, it you know, it has a place in that range, and it seems to have a good platform to uh, to build from. So we'll see. But I'd love to see, as always, I'd, I, I want 10 nominations. I think it's dumb to have the, the sort of five-plus system. I, I, I don't I've never really gotten that. But uh, so, you know. I feel like there's plenty of opportunity for some of these other movies to sneak in. I'd love to see like Moana or Zootopia or something like that sneak into. Um, uh, Everybody Wants Some has gone forgotten, and that sucks because that was a really good movie. And uh, I don't feel like it has even like one ounce of buzz at this point. Bummer. Bummer, bummer. Mm -hmm. Well, 
That about does it for movie news, rumors, rumblings tonight. Kind of random, I know, but uh, still some stuff to talk about nonetheless. So, guys, let's move on and let's talk the movie of the week this week. Take a break, grab our coffee, and uh, we'll see you in a few seconds. BRB. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So, second movie of the year, actually. Second movie in the past couple months that we've talked about, directed by Peter Berg. Friend of the show, Peter Berg. And uh, I feel like we've talked about a number of his movies on the show. And unfortunately, not all of them. Brian has pulled for a battleship <laughs> episode for want to want to do a full commentary whenever y'all are ready. So just you know. <laughs> it is you can do this solo. It, it is probably try that. the best Rihanna movie. Like I'll give it that <laughs> for sure, almost without competition. Well, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? <laughs> um. Well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was saying, uh, last movie we talked about with Peter Berg involved was Deepwater Horizon mm-hmm. this yeah. past year. By the way, under wraps, and this is a side note, and this is rumbling, but Peter Berg is attached to the untitled Rihanna documentary. So maybe oh. we'll get a little insight on <laughs> on her performance in Battleship, like what her character was thinking and certain motivations, but we don't know. Man, it's impressive. Hopefully, hopefully Oscars so, all around for that one. Yeah, we did talk uh, Deepwater Horizon a couple months ago and feel free to go back and listen to the episode. Go watch the movie. 
do that. Good movie. Thing. Much better than it should have been, right? Much like better than any, much better any than right to be. Yeah. So much fire, though. Just so much yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. Just fire. Just fire everywhere. Fire. Yeah, if you look off in the direction of your local theater, you can still kind of see a little bit of fire. It's good. <laughs> yes. That's just, so, mine's showing backdraft. It's a vintage movie house. <laughs> Love backdraft. Well, the the backdraft ride at Universal Florida. Yeah, that one's awesome. Oh, Actually, it's showing that Howie Long movie where he's the firefighter. What was that one oh, called? Yeah. Fire Firestorm. Firestorm. Yeah. Mm. Classic. <laughs> Forgot about that. One of the best. Showing just showing Ladder Forty Nine on repeat. <laughs> Favorite movie Ladder Forty Nine. Just by the way, on. great, incredible movie career for Howie Long. He that and that thing you do. That's it. I think that's the only two things to his name. So it's strong. It's good. All you need. Yeah. So most people will know Peter Berg as the kind of creator of Friday Night Lights, the franchise. He did the movie and then he spun it off into the TV show, which became obviously what it became. And Brian named his kid after it. And it mm-hmm. was just slightly significant to a few people. Yeah. But Peter Berg has been lately, I'd say the past three, four years, has been kind of Oliver Stoning his, the rest of his career. Like I'm just gonna take historical events or things yeah. that happen and kind of tell them my way, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, he's done fine at it. I would say he's done it with a little bit more of respect and artistic flair than Oliver Stone has done them. Yeah, without a little as, bit, not as fair, much yeah. of an agenda politically, right. but he hasn't done you know politically charged things as much. It's more been. Uh, kind of micro histories like really small yeah uh history and, and always very patriotic like he's kind of the opposite of of yeah. stone on that front of the that's he's a you know 180 degrees from him as far as sensibilities i think absolutely and like brian said we were all pretty also brian you forgot about broken arrow with howie long oh, i know i as soon as i said it i regretted not mentioning broken arrow so. but you do but break. as you know i i don't ever mention anything involving uh john travolta willingly i don't ever or john woo. or john woo yeah hate him as well <laughs> how do you feel about christian slater strong word hate what? him too Christian Slater, I, I have a soft spot for Christian Slater. I don't know why, but uh, I, I always want him to do well, and for so, so long, not happening. But maybe Mr. Robot's changed those fates. We shall see. Okay, so the latest subject for Mr. Berg, Boston bombing, Patriots Day. Uh, this is a little too soon, in regards to his last movie, Deepwater Horizon, came out two and a half months before. I, that's very strange. Mm-hmm. Rarely yeah. do you see that happen, uh, especially two movies that had the same actor, lead actor, mm-hmm. and kind of the same kind of movie. Um, Deepwater Horizon should have been it for him this year, I think. He, they could have pushed this back another year, and it would have been the same movie. I don't know if it would have... Like this movie didn't have to come out now, you know. It's not like guys, it's uh this is the anniversary or something, you know, some significant date or they that this was a you know far and away a best picture winner, so they had to get it out in time, you know. Yeah. The awards, I just don't. It's very confusing, and they just kind of put this out here like this. Uh, maybe it's because it is kind of just uh been so soon since that so everybody kind of remembers it so you just kind of put it out let it happen let it go away you know you don't mm-hmm. have to promote it anymore and it's just kind of came and went 
and I don't want to be a cynic, um, but I mean, season four of Wahlburgers does start next week. <laughs> so you got to promote Wahlburgers, you know, it's all synergy, you know, these going to be on the Wahlburgers promotional tour for the next nine months. So this had to come out. Now. Yeah, you're right. Exa- yeah. And Donnie's not easy to book. No, he's got a <laughs> got some cruises his, to get to. Yeah. He's got his own agendas of his own that he has to. So, actually, Mark's schedule works more around Donnie's nowadays. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> Yo, like Brian said, he's unreachable on those new kids yeah. on the block cruises. I mean, the, the phones tours, don't work yeah. in the middle of the ocean. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you need him for ADR exactly. or anything, he's just off the grid. Yeah. So, my thought on Patriots Day is just. It's never really going to feel appropriate, in my opinion, when you kind of do a, an event this big that was, you know, in the social media age and everything where no one forgot about this. You know what I mean? This wasn't, uh, I don't know, this isn't Hacksaw Ridge where it's kind of a micro story and a bigger story, you know, and it, we're kind of exposing the, this to the light for the first time or, you know, Unbroken or a story like that. Um this is just kind of a blatant telling of what happened in the Boston bombing. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about how it was paced or the acting or the story, but I mean, this, this was pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be going in. Um, maybe a little dis- more disappointed than I expected just because I, I don't know. I don't know what I expected more insight into what happened rather than just a retelling of what we had all known and seen on the news. Maybe that is a product of the social media age where we were all so plugged in to those, you know, that weekend that we all still remember how everything went down. But this, it does kind of take liberties in, in the second half when the, the bombing happens. And then of course the suspects are on the loose. And that's really where this movie is a movie and uh, this is a suspenseful movie, I will say. Um, the fact that this did really happen added to the suspense to me because you're thinking the whole time, wow, somebody had to go through this or wow, somebody really was shot at in that way or wow, those people you know, really did lose their legs in this thing. I mean, it's super sad as far as that goes. But as a movie, I felt like it succeeded as far as bringing us um, enough enough of a story to justify a movie, if that makes sense. There's Mm -hmm. sometimes where like that, that miners movie that came out maybe last year. Remember? Oh yeah. uh, Chilean miners, you know, that one came and went and it didn't ever feel like it had enough to tell an entire movie or, you know, Mm -hmm. is there enough story here for even an hour and a half other than the guys get in the well and come out? You know, I feel like there was here, there were, there were several different, things that happen in this movie that I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Or, oh my gosh, that was extremely suspenseful. You know, it was set up like a, like a a normal action scene would be set up or shot. But again, it's real life. So it adds to the drama, but, um, I'm excited to talk about this because I don't know what y'all thought, but, um, I think it was kind of eye opening for me towards the end, towards the middle and kind of more by the books as far as how it was set up and the exposition and the intro of the characters and all that. So, that's kind of how I felt about. Yeah, I mean, it Patriots was Day. there was some there was some dramatic licensing done. Um, you know, they they basically took two characters and made Mark Mark Wahlberg, um, mm-hmm. and 
all of that. And it was weird that he was he he was Dirk Dicker the whole time. But uh, <laughs> no, but it was I. Uh, this worked for me. I like this movie. I uh, mm-hmm. you know it, it. I didn't get the icky sense that I thought I would. I thought it was a a testament to sort of the it, you know, first off a testament to that town. And, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, now it's everything strong. You know, it's it's uh, Boston strong and Dallas strong and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, North Chuck strong, Hill strong. And <laughs> uh, so Chuck, Chuck Pagano strong. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck strong. Um, you know, I guess it all I tried to get North Richardson Hill strong going. It just it really hasn't caught on. <laughs> yeah, it's been all right. kind of tough. Uh, they, I have yeah. a lot of T-shirts printed, though. It's kind of a bummer. NRA strong. You know, I think yeah. it all comes from live strong or something. And, but that whole movement kind of really started, uh, at least from cities there, and you know the the spirit of Boston as sort of a uh, such a resilient um, uh, provincial place uh, mm-hmm. that all the that has its uh, negatives. Sometimes um, ask like you know a lot of African Americans that have tried to make a life <laughs> in Boston. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, in this case, <laughs> the sort of uh, anger of that city. Uh, was something that was really moving to a lot of the country, and I think it's a testament to what that uh, the uniqueness of that city, and you kind of you mess with the wrong guy type thing, and then also uh, the 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 uh, the spirit of those people, um, and uh, and it, it it was you know it was, along with Bin Laden, um, and I don't know if this is a pro or con as to make the movie, but along with Bin Laden's uh, uh, killing. Uh, which was made into a movie, Zero Dark Thirty, and then about the same amount of years later, um, the two kind of iconic social media, everyone's following along once they kind of get word of what's going on, uh, moments. So, so kind of reliving that that time. So, yeah, I think is it as good as Zero Dark Thirty? No, but is it more like Zero Dark Thirty than uh, some kind of hokey, uh, silly? cheesy thing yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 and uh it's it, so for me it, it, it worked and and i didn't have any problems with some of the dramatic licensing because otherwise just make a documentary so i get yeah you know make it a big a big blockbuster movie if you're gonna do it and they, it's and they did and it was it was uh it was entertaining berg is good at that he he really mm-hmm. is he his his uh i'm sorry i'm rambling i'll let you talk brian but his uh, tagline should just be like better than it should have been because that that is always yeah, totally. how he kind of does it. But anyway, go ahead, Brian. No, I, I had an interesting experience with this because um, kind of what you were saying, Kent, of like nobody nobody doesn't know what happened here. We all remember this. This was like you know three four years ago when the movie started. Like as some of this the stuff was unraveling, I kind of found these weird gaps in my timeline. I didn't really remember what happened and I certain I didn't know near as much as I would have expected. And I'm kind of tracing it back in my head because like, I feel like I can still, um, you know, 16 years later, I, I can still tell you kind of like everything that happened for two or three or four weeks during nine 11. Like I, I have all that stuff, um, is kind of has a permanent place in my brain. And I just, I, I don't really have a timeline for this. And I finally figured out, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes into the movie, I, I, it hit me of like, my kid was born like five days after this happened. Oh, wow. And so everything like leading up to having a kid and then, the, you know, for two months, like everything is kind of a haze during that time for me. And so I remember not really quite grasping exactly what was going on with this at the time and then i guess i just never really followed up the way 
that I might have in a, you know, in a normal situation. I, I vaguely remember that because you were going to go with the name Tamerlan too, so you had the audible. <laughs> yeah, last yeah, change it. Jahar was actually on the yeah. list. Yeah, so yeah. I make it immediately. Yeah. Call an audible. Um, <laughs> I vaguely remember that like we didn't know for a while if it was a a bombing or not. It seemed like there was some kind of confusion on what exactly was was happening with that. And whereas nine eleven, as soon as the second plane hit, we all knew, and so that was like a I don't know. It immediately had like a different bend to me. Um, but as far as the movie goes, I really, I dug this a lot and I thought Berg, you're exactly right, Richard. He, gosh, he knows how to, A, he knows how to shoot an action shot so well. He's, he's kind of the thinking man's Michael Bay. And I may have said that in Deepwater Horizon, but, um, and I mean that as a, as a compliment because Michael Bay is a great, uh, visual director. He does special effects so well. Um, he just completely sucks at everything else that, you know, you need in a movie. Um, Peter Berg has that he has that same kind of flair for what makes a great shot both in action sequences and in kind of the tension that leads up to an action sequence he does a great job with that stuff i thought all the lead up um with the bombers kind of like walking down to the finish line all that stuff it's and cutting in and out with the the cctv cameras and stuff like that like that's a really it was a very well paced and well executed design for how to set up that um, those sequences and how to kind of draw the most tension out of those, I felt like in a in a pretty organic, authentic way. So, look, I, I really enjoyed the film. I I actually really dig. I, I know there's been some kind of some backlash here and there against uh, Wahlberg, basically, you know, playing kind of a, a composite character. I I personally really dug that because, like you said, Richard, I think it's smart to. If you're gonna spend 120 million dollars or whatever they spent yeah. on this movie, then you've got to find a way to recoup it. Number one, and so that happens have all yeah. the time. Like I don't know why they're making a big deal. I, like Jessica Chastain's character didn't exist in Zero Dark Thirty. Right. Jonah Hill's right. character didn't exist in Moneyball. Like it, yeah, that happens all the time with modern nonfiction. It's it's a, sure and and it, I think I think it gave a great <laughs> it did a great job of kind of giving you a center point. Um, throughout the movie like you've got this one connector that takes you from each setting and each uh, place along the line and I, I thought that was actually pretty brilliant like when I went and started researching and looking through it I expected that that Tommy Saunders was going to be a complete fabrication not sort of a, an amalgamism of, of a bunch of, uh, of of different stories and and uh, and people who are actually there because it it seems very convenient the way that he pops up here and there but I, I thought that convenience was necessary or at least added to the way the story unfolds and the way it's told I, I love that I thought it was a really cool choice and and one that maybe makes that movie flow a little bit better and the other thing that and then I'll, we can move on to more specifics and stuff, but I thought I thought from the trailer we were going to get like the most hardcore Boston Strong movie of all time. You know, that it was just going to be beating you over the head uh, with Wicked Smart and Clam Chowder and dude, Boston. It, it, dude, there is so much. The, the accents, though, the a- it's yeah, just look, like it's when, there's, when J.K. There's Simmons some. is it's like, fine. yeah, yeah, he. He had he had his stuff. I look. I guess I just expected it was going to be a just a constant barrage of look how strong Boston is. And there's certainly those moments, but you know what? They they deserve those moments. Like that's a really the way the city kind of came together and did this whole thing. Like it's 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 fine. I felt like it did a good job, and Peter Berg did a good job of, of avoiding uh, of putting in the necessary amount of that without just 
beating you over the head with it. So I, I enjoyed it. It's very high on my list. I don't think it's going to make like my top 10 of the year, but it's it's in the conversation. And it was a, a much better uh, and, and more, I think, uh, authentically emotional experience than I than I really expected. I'd be w- willing to or wondering if, um, you know, how much is factual in regards to the two brothers, the terrorists, because uh, that was always a debate, right? Like whether which one of them was the terrorist was the younger one just persuaded into doing this by his older brother uh, due to peer pressure or something like that. And I sure. think this one does a good job of kind of exploring the possibility of that. And, uh, you know, is guilt by association real in this scenario, even though, you know, without the one or the other, it probably wouldn't have happened, but it still did. And you still took part. Um, I think that's an interesting scenario too, and just kind of explores the messed up uh, nature of these people that commit these acts when they really just have no reason other than just hating everybody and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, in this one, they, you know, they obviously hated America and had the treatment of Muslims. And he tries to talk about the, you know, the terrorist guy tries to talk about nine 11 and the fact that there was a government job to set up Muslims and all this stuff and stuff that was actually said, because I remember that them, them, uh, the guy who got his car hijacked saying, yeah, they were talking to me about 9-11 and the Boston bombing. And they said they like they I remember him saying that, yeah, these guys just spilled everything to me in my car, you know, when they when I was with them. And so that was uh, that that was kind of what I learned the most was kind of the second the other side of the story. Obviously, we knew at the police side, but mm-hmm. this did a good job and it really did take enough time to kind of make them characters. I know that's kind of messed up to think about that. Uh, because these are horrible people who don't deserve to be characters in a movie of any kind. But I think that was kind of necessary in order to understand um, why this was such a big deal in Boston. You know, these weren't Mm -hmm. just faceless Mm -hmm. villains who came and went. You know, these were like people that had an agenda that really were trying to mess stuff up. And, man, I did not know a lot of of the stuff that happened after. You know, you you think of this event, and you're like, wow, yeah. You know, the bomb went off and people were, you know, people were killed and hurt. And that was horrible. But the really the aftermath was what was so horrible of it. Now, the whole city was just no one could go anywhere. You know, it was basically martial law everywhere. There were, you know, tanks in the streets at one point. I don't know if they show that in the movie, but I remember at the time, like the images of all the all the military just taking over people's houses and snipers on people's roofs and things like that that you would never want to happen in america that did because of this but mm-hmm. wow that was crazy um as far as the suspense goes though the scene with the hijacking of the car is holy crap um yeah it's yeah. one of the more intense scenes of the whole year in movies where uh the i guess the asian mit student is uh hijacked or his car is hijacked by them and then they just drive around with him and everything it's it's super scary. And then he escapes. Wow. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that was a moment where I, where I had to think, wow, I'm actually watching a, a historical epic and not a yeah. completely fictional action movie here. You know, like you had to blink or take yeah, yourself absolutely. out of that moment because you really do feel you're just watching a by the books blockbuster that's done very well. Mm-hmm. But you're like, man, this actually occurred. What, how hard, what would you do in that? You know, that's what I was thinking. If, if somebody did that to me, what, 
you know, would I give him the car? Would I stay in the car? You know, would I would I even try to escape, you know, like he does? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it just kind of puts you in that guy's shoes. And and it's uh, pretty incredible that that all that happened. But that was eye opening to me. Just sure. uh, just everything that happened after the after the bombing. Never totally. Never yeah, thought. I had none of that stuff. Like, I, I didn't know any of that at the time. So that was it was uh, informative as well as super intense and. I was on the edge of my seat during those sequences as well. You were, you were waiting to be a dad. I go, loser. I know. What a, what a waste of time. Gosh. Instead of refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds. <laughs> where would uh, where would you guys fall on the conversation of the window of, you know, I guess not relevancy, but when is it ever okay to release a movie like this? Because I'm under the impression that if people remember it, they're always going to say it, there shouldn't be a movie about it. You know what I mean? I, I had a friend today say, I, I still wouldn't think it was appropriate for a nine 11 movie to come out. And it's been 16 years since nine 11, you know, mm. I still like, if they released one this year, I would still say, uh, that was, you know, that was that long ago. Yeah. You know, but it's supposed to, little- I would argue that that's art. I mean, art always comments on, the world around you and it's like oh to, sure that's not to protect, your opinion on it no i know yeah i'm no i know i'm not saying that's your i'm just saying like that i don't know i think that i've if it's done well and it's tasteful and it's smart and it's right. interesting i don't care if you do it a week after as long as you have a take on it it's like this weird thing we have towards movies too like you know if um you know if when 9-11 happened and and two weeks later john stewart and david letterman come out and and give those great monologues that everyone remembers, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if someone were to make, and it didn't happen, because uh, World Trade Center is probably not the best film, but like if someone had come out and made a tasteful movie about 9 11 mm-hmm. two weeks United later. 93. Yeah, yeah. But if you had yeah. done that two weeks later, people would have jumped all over you. But like other, you know, you can yeah. comment on it, but not in a fictional But it's totally way. cool for Toby Keith to write that song yes, and make exactly, a huge hit off exactly, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So like it's a weird, uh, weird double standard we have. But. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in art that engages with the culture around it, and and so for me, I never, is, you know, my nerves going in are that it'll be done well, not that it'll be done at all. And if once yeah. you kind of, and you know that, early, you know the tone, and you know the, uh, the kind of seriousness and the way that it's done, and 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 you, I I was kind of at ease instantly. The same with Zero mm-hmm. Dark Thirty. You're like, oh yes, yeah, great, okay, I'm in. Yeah, I I think it's a personal deal. Like I I don't want to minimize. I, I'm gonna make a, an analogy that is a far lesser lesser thing than like the Boston Marathon bombing or 9/11 or anything like that. But I will never, as a as a Texas Rangers fan, I will never, I will never ever ever watch a movie, documentary, replay anything of the 2011 World Series. I don't. It's still it. How far along is it? Like five six years now. It still hurts me. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't think I'll ever be able to sit back and, and watch that. So, like, for me personally, if you made a movie where David freaking Freeze is the hero of the movie, I'm out. I'm not going to – I can't do it. I'm not going to watch it. If you can't handle – if if uh, if 9-11 is, is too personal, if Boston Marathon bombing, if it's too personal to you, if it seems too fresh or too um, painful or, or whatever it may be, then – I think by all means you're you know you have the right to to sit that out 
but I don't think that we should. I don't know. It's like it's like people want like like a nat like okay at ten years we'll we'll consider it in committee. That's when we can talk about yeah. making a movie about this worldwide event. And then if it doesn't work, then then we'll wait another ten years and come back to it. I, make your movie, do your thing. If people can't handle it, they can't handle it. But um, as like like you said, Richard, as long as it's done well, as long as it's a tasteful movie and you have something to say and you you have uh, you know maybe you have new information to bring to the table. I think that's what Oliver Stone typically thinks that he's doing with with his movies, <laughs> or maybe like this where it's more of a kind of a, a look at how a I think Peter Berg would want you to feel like like a community and and as a bigger in a bigger way America triumphed over evil. If you have, if you want to say that, if that's your your kind of take on it, then great, do it, do it well, and you. I'm good. I don't care. Um, sure. But I, there's definitely going to be certain groups of people that it's just it's too fresh. They're not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to, to watch it and enjoy, or have any sort of like, I don't know, therapy with the movie. Um, and that's fine for them as well. I, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, I always feel like Peter Berg's mentality is with certain things, uh, especially with Lone Survivor and and deep water horizon and this is you know quote you thought it was significant well you, you didn't know how significant it was you totally. know i yeah. think that's that's kind of like i knew the importance of it and that it was a big deal but i didn't realize the importance and how much it really affected people and how much actually happened i feel like that with all three of those movies absolutely where you just see it as a headline or something or you know it, it occupies three days of your of your time, but then you move on and you never really think about it again. Um, this makes me see those events in a different and new light. You know, like I never would have gone and researched Deepwater Horizon unless, you know, another yeah. lawsuit had come up and, and then it made the news again and people were, oh, remember the BP oil spill? Yeah, that was bad. But I never would have known what had happened on the rig with the totally. people that, yeah. you know, and I have so much more respect and for that and for those people and, and you know, for Boston. I mean, this was, again, a citywide thing. And so, I, you know, you can just only commend the people of Boston. And they they do, in this movie, kind of show how the community helped find the, the terrorists, mm-hmm. in a way, you know? Right. Not only the kid who got his carjacked, uh, escaping, and then going into a gas station, and that gas station attendant calling the police, you know? that's Those are, like, two kind of acts of... Uh, you know, good Samaritan acts there, but the guy mm-hmm. who goes out and finds him in his boat, you know, and then calls the police, you know, he could have taken matters into his own hands and who knows what would have happened if the guy, you know, if right. Sarnev would have escaped and done even more damage, you know, like uh, it was kind of everybody uniting for the same common goal of defeating evil. And I yeah. really felt like that was the the moral of the story here, you know, no matter the means or any anything like that. Um, by the way, I just didn't realize how much damage the two kids or guys did, you know? Um, I know that they killed a cop, um, but I didn't realize this, the situation, like they just walked up on a cop and killed him trying to take his gun, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, that was horrible. Um, when they They're get kind of over. like the worst terrorists of all time. That's oh, what's amazing they, to me is like it's it's amazing They're that wannabes. they Yeah, it's it's just gosh, it was mind-blowing and I I knew some of that stuff but this the movie kind of reminded me of some of those notes where you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot what a bunch of what a couple of just total morons these guy, guys were." And thank God they were complete morons because it could have been so much worse otherwise, but man, it's a it's kind of amazing that they got as far as they did um having like 
the brain capacity of a dog. I mean, like a seven-year-old child. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing that they, uh, the, the, the idiocy that they pulled off throughout this whole thing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I did not know about all the pipe bombs that they had. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, basically in a standoff with the police and they were throwing grenades and pipe bombs and homemade bombs and guns and, and everything. I just didn't, I, I had no idea about any of that. And the way that that plays out in a movie is quite dramatic, as you would probably guess. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Didn't know that. And I guess they kind of leave it open ended as far as whether the wife had anything to do with it or supported it. Um, that they do at the end in the post credits kind of, or the mm-hmm. pre credits or the credits kind of explain more of that. But that was something that I had never really thought about either was the involvement of his mm-hmm. girlfriend or wife at the time. So I think what Peter Berg did, did best here was kind of really pay respects to the people that actually were in this. Um, I love how the movie ends with the David Ortiz thing. Yeah. Because that's what I remember about this. I remember it happening, and then I remember David Ortiz giving that speech. You know, that's what I think about mm-hmm. when I flash back to this to that event. And I'm glad Peter Berg realized that and made it such a cornerstone part of the movie and how it kind of brings everything together at the end with David Ortiz actually coming, actually being in the movie, which is awesome. Probably was, uh, you know gonna play a game that day and they shot that little scene of him walking out that was really cool um but that was pretty epic how he ended it but uh, mm-hmm. kind of a post credits not i mean a post movie pre-credits where they tell the stories of the people who actually were with it and it's kind of long as it should be it's maybe two to five minutes um, of these people just telling about their experience in the the bombing and it's the most effective emotional part of the movie is when you see the the husband and wife who were in the marathon together and they both lost their legs, but they both now do the marathon together still, you know, without yeah. legs. I mean, that's so oh, man. heartbreaking and touching and, I mean, resilient in so many words. You know, just that story alone is a movie, you know, mm-hmm. not to mention the stories of all the police and the, the FBI and the commissioner and, I mean, the mayor and, and all, you know, the governor and everybody that was involved in in the uh, the events is just uh, it's overwhelming. But again, it makes you see this mo- this event in a different light. Make made me respect it more. Made me uh, think about the other events, and they mention those in the end of the movie too. The, the events that since the Boston bombing have happened, the Parises and the San Bernardinos and the Orlandos and all of these things that have happened that are just as significant that we really do mm-hmm. need to kind of pay attention to and use as an example about how to handle people. And if we get at all prevent these from happening, we need to do everything in our power. You know, I think there's a pretty pivotal emotional moment with Wahlberg in the movie asking, how do we, how do we prevent this? Can you, you know, that's always, there's, there's these people, they're sick, you know, there's, there's almost nothing you can do except, uh, you know, just, be good to people. I mean, that's really that all you can do is be good to the person next to you because you never know who they are, what they're going through, or what they're going to do with their life. But man, super emotional at the end, and it really does make the movie. I mean, I, I think of it. It ended with you know zooming out from Finlay Park with the city of Boston and the credits roll. I don't definitely don't think it would have packed the same punch as it did 
with the uh, actual story yeah. or the actual footage of the real people. But that was effective. Good job, Peter Berg, on that. Um, and I thought it was smart, Brian. You mentioned it earlier, how they interweave the movie with actual CCTV footage and footage that was shown on the news during that time. So you do kind of have a frame of reference about uh, where certain events were. You know, I remember certain images on the on the news. Like they, I remember the first photos that they released of the two guys saying, "Do you know these people? Um, please help us find these two guys that we're looking for." I remember that. I remember those pictures. But that was interesting how they came to those pictures, which they have a whole scene about mm -hmm. going through all the footage of the CCTV and Wahlberg. You know saying oh check this camera on this street maybe they were over there you know and i mean all that work definitely goes into these types of events that you never hear about you know all that behind the scenes work that how they even arrive at the suspects to begin with is a mm -hmm. huge process you know um so it kind of peeled the curtain back on the actual police work that went into catching these guys which is always interesting i mean how they set up the command center within you know, a day they set up a whole fortress basically and the FBI was there and Kevin Bacon and the whole team. They recreated the crime scene and all. I mean, that's just so intense. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, it peeled the curtain back on yeah. what actually happened. And I appreciated that. I wonder what Peter Berg's going to do next as far as uh, events are concerned. I don't know <laughs> if he's announced. Yeah, uh, that, he's doing whatever a movie he's going to do hasn't happened yet. So No, he's yeah. doing one just announced. He's doing a movie based off that... Um, and I'm I'm pumped for this one. Uh, it's based off that Mariah Carey New Year's flub <laughs> concert. Oh yeah, yep. Why two not? hour. It's about time somebody got to that. Yeah, yeah. two hour, and then uh, after that, um, oh, and and this one's gonna be. He's doing one again about the uh, about the Bucks Knicks game the other night. Oh, yeah. Giannis. This would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm excited to see Wahlberg play Giannis, honestly. That would be a really interesting <laughs> no, career choice no, for him. No, he's Porzingis. He Jason. Oh, okay. okay yeah, he's better. Wahlberg's yeah. Porzingis. Um, Giannis <laughs> is uh, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. With, cool. a, with a really offensive Greek accent. <laughs> it's good. Uh, looking at his, at his uh, IMDb, he has a couple of, like, small, like, he's doing the $6 billion man, apparently. Uh, that's been in sort of development for a long time, so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But he is doing the hunt for El Chapo, so he's going right back. Oh, really? Pretty soon, yeah. Producing yeah. it or directing it? I don't know. It's you know, it's listed as in development, so you can't really see the details of that without paying for IMDb Pro, and we don't have any money. So, but uh, <laughs> it's I, I would imagine he's directing that, right? Like he definitely has Mark Wahlberg as Sean Penn. That's got to be <laughs> way pretty soon. <laughs> Wow. So I, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, they are actually this weekend comes out the they already did a movie on the James Holmes uh, oh, gosh. theater massacre in Aurora. Mm. And uh, that movie premieres this weekend at Sundance. It's called Dark Knight with an N in IGHD. Oh, that's a um, terrible idea. And uh, I know so I just said out. there's always a time, there's never a bad time, but now I'm going to change that. You don't need to do that movie. Ever. Well, the title, when you pun the title, it's yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that's going to be handled with with grace and class. I guess Patriots I Day is kind of a pun too. So all right, we'll I'll give it a shot. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm going with an open I wanna, mind. I want to see any if there are any reviews on it. Um, it's got a five on. IMDb right now for Dark Knight. So, hmm. mm -hmm. 
We'll see. Mm. We'll see. But again, that's kind of a weird, kind of a weird timing timing for that. Maybe Sundance it's, is is maybe not the best. Oh, I think it's a documentary. No, no it's, it's a drama. No, it's, it's a drama. It's okay. a drama. To, premiering that in Colorado is. I don't know. I don't know. That's. But you know that was longer ago than this because that Sundance was twenty twelve. Uh, yeah, Sundance is Utah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Never mind. I thought it was Colorado. But uh, Park City. Close enough. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah it's all the same. Uh, but uh, this was that was longer ago than than this than the Patriots Day because that was Patriots Day was 2012. 2013 and this was 2012. Yeah. So, you know what the difference is though, and maybe maybe this is a I don't know like a addendum to what I said earlier. <sighs> is there is there any is there any redemption or is there anything to take out of that horrible incident that will leave you feeling even kind of like in the face of adversity, we triumph. I, I kind of don't feel like there is like, that's just, I don't know that there is a story to tell there besides just either leaving you a hundred percent depressed or coming out feeling exploited. Does that make sense? I, th- I there's just, to me, there's not anything to, that, that I'm going to draw from that movie that's going to make me feel like having that movie was justified. Maybe that's, maybe I'm just completely rewriting the history that I wrote uh, 20 minutes ago, but that's, I don't know. That just doesn't sit right to me. Yeah. What do we think of the ending of their performances in Patriots day? Obviously Wahlberg is Wahlberg. So, I mean, he's been the same pretty much in almost every movie. Honestly, you kind of get what you get with him. Um, But JK Simmons again in here, Kevin Bacon, John Goodman, anything stick out? Or is it all just kind of by the books? Peter Berg's never really been one to, you know, pull out a best actor performance in any of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jackman was great in Prisoners. Paul Dano was was great. Emily Blunt was great. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I'm thinking of a uh, yeah, thinking of the, D- yeah, Denny. Yeah. I was thinking yeah, of Denny. World <laughs> um, Survivor was was good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he God. he can get good performances out of people. And I think all these guys, uh, all the cast, they gave good performances. I don't think there's anything here that's like a serious Oscar contender, you know? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I would say the performances were better in Deepwater Horizon. I mean, uh, I thought uh, John Malkovich was pretty dang good in Deepwater Horizon. Um, so that's that's. You know, Kate Hudson was pretty good in that too. Um, yeah, sure. That was the stronger of the two movies, which is very confusing. Like, why not wait to release this? <laughs> or, I don't. I mean, I guess, I guess it's just like had it in the. He kind of had it in the bank, or it is vault, weird so to do kind of put it out. Like you know, it's just very within. They're so similar, you know, yeah. and they're the same. Lead it's actor. Not, I mean, it's not quite the same as as Spielberg uh, working on the dailies for. Jurassic Park while shooting Schindler's List, you know, right. it's not quite the same, the same uh, <laughs> difference between those two things. Um, the fact that this wasn't a Clint Eastwood movie is pretty surprising too. You and, know, and good as it all. Good yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not one scene of an old man yelling at an an Asian person or something. And it, you know? I, th- I think good. this was like made in better. over eight days, which is always good too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. You guys, I can't tell you how excited I've been that Sully has just been getting shut out of all these <laughs> awards races. I really hope the Oscars come through and don't don't give it some kind of sympathy award. The movie's not good. 
It, it shouldn't. He's wearing a shouldn't Yankees be. hat, not a Red Sox hat. Uh, that's fine. We already <laughs> shot it. That's how it happened. I go to Doug. Bluebees is a oh, it closes at six. <laughs> Got to get the Luan before they close. <laughs> so, I guess the uh, moral of the story is: I guess these movies are fine if they're good. Um, <laughs> They if they're kinda, handled if classily. They, if they handle classily, if you know how to shoot, um, you mentioned the action scenes, Brian, and what Peter Berg is great at. I mean, he can put the camera on the shoulder without oh, yeah. shaky cam. Totally. And I really appreciate that. I don't yeah. get the shaky cam, but I still feel like I'm in in the action. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the biggest thing I notice when it comes to just his technique. So I think that kind of wraps up my thoughts on Patriots Day. I, I mean... Um, it was intense, way more intense than I thought it was going to be, and um, way more violent. And I respect people a lot more that were involved in this event. So that's what I got out of it. At least I got something. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to grade this out. Uh, I'm going to give this a B plus. So, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to go higher. I, I, uh, it works for me. It looks so good. Um, that helps a little bit because it's like you said, can't, it, it just feels like, um, this kind of, uh, this kind of, of shooting style just doesn't, doesn't happen a lot. Uh, no shaky cam and, and it still looks beautiful and get a lot of wide angles and stuff. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, it's got a lot of emotion. The kid with his dad at the finish line, of course, just wrecked me. I'm just like so glad I'm in a theater by myself, uh, crying alone. Um, I thought Wahlberg was good and Simmons was good. It, it, it brought together a story that, um, I don't know if we needed this movie kind of to the point of, is this a, you know, is it, is it the time for this or not? I don't know that we definitely needed this movie, but it certainly handled the the material with a lot of class and I think showed, it's it's not the great movie that I think Peter Berg has in him some point in his career, but it's it's another step in the right direction. I'm going to go straight A, and this would probably end up somewhere in my top like 15 of the year, maybe something like that. Cool. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go A minus for the the reasons both of you said. Fair. Cool. Okay. So Patriots Day playing now, and uh, don't think it'll be in the any other conversation, maybe at the end of the year and best and worst. But, um, as far as the post Oscar show, I doubt we'll be mentioning this or deep water horizon, but you never know. Okay. Let's move on. Let's hit a quick recommend guys. Weekly recommends. Go ahead, Richard, with your weekly recommend. Yeah. I've been watching, uh, Search Party on TBS with uh, Ali Shawkat, it's the Michael Showalter show, kind of a, a mystery comedy that I hate every character in it, but I like that I hate them in a weird way, <laughs> and it's like a much better version of Girls, if that makes sense. Um, and so uh, I don't know, they're fun, they're fun, they're all the worst people ever, but they, they're it means something that they're awful. So, so uh, Search Party on TBS, you can on demand all the episodes right now brian what about you what's your weekly recommend is that the one where it's like the lost yeah kind of spoof okay i think i've seen well no part it's of not one a episode. spoof of lost it's like uh one of their former college classmates goes missing it's kind of okay. noirish it's like uh oh, okay it's okay, like I think I'm hipster noir different. it's like if girls meets a uh, raymond chandler okay <laughs> 
Slash big Lebowski okay. type thing. Yeah. Right. How much has Lena done a minute? Is it None. a lot? Ali-ish, or... Ali-ish, oh, okay, cool. Shock, right. It's maybe instead of Lena Dunham, so that's that's good. Okay. Although Rosie Perez is in the second episode. So mm. <laughs> Hard pass. No. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Man, Rosie Perez, who's thought about her? And then we've talked about her twice on this show. Get between oh my that. God. <laughs> Man. Um, okay, my weekly recommend is a documentary. It is on Netflix. I've been waiting for it to hit Netflix for a year now. I've been really excited about this one. I think you guys would both like it. Kent, especially, I think you would enjoy this. It's called Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. Uh, it is about a group of kids in the early to mid-80s who wanted tried to make a shot-for-shot remake of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and so, like, every... Every summer, every spring break, every winter break, these uh, three or four kids from Mississippi get together and shoot as many scenes as they can from from the movie. And so you kind of if, if you watch the documentary, you'll see them like their ages change from scene to scene. And uh, they have all these weird, you know, terrible low rent special effects and stuff like that. It's a really cool uh, it's a really cool insider look at this type of uh, filmmaking in, in that time period especially but it all comes together with at, at some point along the line um randomly eli roth got a hold of a copy of this this movie and i know and uh showed it at uh, uh alamo's uh what is the thing called uh they had this big film festival that they used to uh buttonamathon so it showed it at buttonamathon in the early 2000s and these kids these guys now they're all adults obviously became kind of a a cult sensation. So the movie is them trying to finish the film. So they're trying to do that last iconic shot, the sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the plane and all the explosions and all that stuff. So it is, it's such a cool movie. It's, it's, uh, you get little, little cuts of the, the movie that they made along with some interviews and documentary takes. And they, you know, they kind of explain their story and what happened along the way. And you, you really see these kids kind of grow up as they go. It, it's, it's so cool. It's like an hour and a half long and it's hundred percent worth your time. So I would check that out on Netflix. Again, it's called Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. Cool. I'm going to recommend a documentary on HBO bright lights, the Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds doc. And it's a, it's worthy of, you guys watching it. I know you'll like it, Brian, because yeah. we actually – We were there. We're in we, the we talked about – a couple weeks ago, we talked more about when we saw Carrie Fisher at Comic-Con. Well, just so happened that she took the cameras for this documentary to that Comic-Con. And uh, one of the – I mean she, she talks about the movie. She does – she did them once a month for however many years, you know, going to cons. And uh, just so happened to be the one that Brian and I attended – they shot for the documentaries. They made it extra special, but it, it does show a lot more about uh, how she was raised and, and um, the life of Debbie Reynolds and how big a star she was and how Carrie was raised in, in Hollywood and uh, how she was destined to be a star. And then it just talks about their relationship or it shows their relationship. It's a very candid documentary. It's really more observational than anything of um, them together and them interacting with each other and um, – it's definitely eye-opening and would have been a very interesting documentary that I would have recommended regardless of the fact they both aren't with us anymore. Mm-hmm. So that makes it extra kind of, I don't know, special, but definitely um, emotional. 
and uh, it's very well done. HBO produced it and did it. Bright Lights is on there now. It's worthy of an episode, to be honest, but um, I know you guys will want to check it out. HBO Sweet. Now and HBO Go have it have it on there. Um, any any Hollywood fan, any movie fan, any Star Wars fan should watch it. And yeah. it's definitely a, a, um, a realistic look at Carrie Fisher beyond the Star Wars, you know, gold bikini. Um, it sure shows her as a real lady. And, uh, you know, she smoked and she drank and, and all the stuff, you know, that she was known for. I mean, she does it. So um, if you have if you hold her in a high regard, you might not want to watch it. But um I, I mean I was I, I respected them a lot more after this and you definitely learn more about Carrie and her mom together and just how special that relationship was. And mm-hmm. no no um no surprise that Debbie Reynolds passed two days after Carrie because of how heart I'm sure how heartbroken and grief grief stricken she was by losing her daughter. You could you could definitely sense that in this documentary. So uh check it out, Bright Lights. Uh, is out now and um, worth your time. Worth all of Very your time. Cool. Yeah, it's on my DVR. I'm looking forward to watching that Do in it. the next couple Do of it. weeks. like to hear what you would think. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us this evening, Brian Richard, listener. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for making this episode happen. As always, definitely take advantage of those promotions. We only bring you stuff that we fully endorse and think are great deals and that you will enjoy at home. So do that. And uh, Brian, until next week, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me online at Richard Barden on Twitter and at the Mad About Movies Podcast website and newsletter, of which there should be a newsletter at some point soon. It's just going to come when it comes, and you'll be excited <laughs> when it does. Kent, where can I find you? Find me online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and at Ken Garrison on Twitter. Follow me there for uh, a lot of fun musings. <laughs> fun musings. Get it? Because it's, it's fun. And you can follow us on iTunes at Mad About Movies. Just hit subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell your friends if you like what you hear. That helps grow the show. And next week, I believe we're talking the founder and or best and worst of the year. Yeah. So... Be on the lookout for that. And until then, we will talk to you and see you at your local cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salad and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salad is scrambled.